What if I told you that you can design and live the life that you want on your own terms? Would you do it? Would you take a leap into the unknown? Or would you settle for a life of limits? A life of safety but lacking true meaning? Zeph and Moses Blacksburg here, and I'm on a journey to help you ignite your inner passions, let go of your fears, and get more out of life. Will you join me and make this year your year of purpose? Welcome to the Year of Purpose podcast. We are back again for another podcast of the Year of Purpose podcast. My name is Zephan Blacksburg and I am your host. And today I am joined by Eric James. This year, Eric followed his dream to start an investment fund and now manages over $15 million. He is also working to shake up the way we think about time management with his newest startup, DaVinciTime.com, which uses artificial intelligence to remove the overwhelm from people's lives, allowing them to have fun while achieving truly big visions. He's also accomplished a lot of really awesome things on top of that that we'll probably get to in just a moment. But uh, Eric, how's it going? Doing great, man. Happy to be here. and. Uh... It's cool to hear you repeat those things because I'm like, yes, like uh, those are some big goals that I've been working really hard on. So it's cool to hear it. Yeah, definitely. It's got to be awesome to uh, look at both what you have accomplished and the things that you kind of have on the docket for this year, especially being so early on in the year and seeing like, oh my gosh, there are going to be some awesome things happening coming up in the next few months. It's true. And, and it's, uh, it's like overwhelming in a good way. But it's you know a lot of, a lot of fun stuff happening, and I feel like I've just been getting ready, you know, like all these other projects. I always feel that way. Maybe I always will, but you know, I feel like each success is just leading to the next thing and giving me that many connections and resources to knock it out of the park the next time. Awesome, awesome. Well, let me rewind it maybe for a sec, because before we jump into what's going on right now, a lot of the people listening and watching are uh, either stuck in life, uh, maybe they're working a corporate job, kind of dream for the entrepreneurial world, maybe they're already in the entrepreneurial world, but haven't really grasped on the, that thing that they really want to do just yet. Uh, so maybe, do you think you could start me off, take me back to kind of where things really started to click into place for you? Where was that decision made of, I'm just going to live life and do the things I really want to do? So yeah, actually the, uh, the way it all started for me was, I guess, a little bit different. Um, I basically I had I'd gone to film school and then uh, effectively was living in my parents' basement and eventually got kind of kicked out of there too and uh, was really having a hard time to be completely honest and couldn't get a job anywhere and all I had was uh, my video skills and I had a camera because you know I went to film school and uh, when I was younger I used to like absolutely love doing magic tricks. And so I found, honestly, I, I started doing magic as like a distraction because like life was not so hot. So at least if I was like inventing something or using my brain and like doing that, I didn't have to think about necessarily what else was going on. Um, and then something crazy happened. I, I posted these videos online because I thought some of the stuff I came up with was pretty good. And I put these videos online and, and people started asking me like, where can I buy that? And I just wanted to see if people could figure it out. But they wanted to buy it. I was like, what? I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> this was before YouTube. This was, uh, you know, PayPal was just barely a thing. So I set up a PayPal account and started burning people DVDs and just writing in Sharpie marker the name of the thing and mailing it, just going myself to the post office and uh, mailing it out. Um, and then something crazy happened. Only a few days into it, I get a call from Murphy's Magic Supplies, which is one of the biggest 
magic distributors. And if you're a magician, you probably know who they are. And, uh, and they're like, oh, we want to order a thousand of this and a thousand of that. And I'm on the other end like, what? Like, I'm just, and I told him, I was like, I'll just be totally honest with you. I'm just like a kid in my bedroom <laughs> trying to make a few bucks. And they're like, okay, well, we still want them. So like, what if we overnighted you a check for like $10,000? I mean, I don't remember exactly how much, but it was something like that. And I was like, yeah, that would help. And uh, so I'll never forget, like most important, I think it was the first FedEx envelope I ever got. And, and I peeled it open, opened it up, and there was a check made out to me. I'd never signed a contract or anything. It's like, Eric James, you know, $10,000. And I was like, whoa. So that was like my first taste of just a whole other world that I didn't know could exist. So I ended up um, uh, getting the DVDs made, all the videos. This was back when there was VHS. So I literally had VHS copies made and ended up building that company um, kind of accidentally. Um, doing some things really right, created like the first video download magic site where people could buy online, um, sold those DVDs, and it grew, grew it to a level where I started working with people like David Blaine, Chris Angel, and consulting for these guys, creating magic tricks for, for them to do on TV. So, uh, yeah, so my journey was kind of accidental and, and just a wild roller coaster ride. Uh, and that's, that's actually how I got into this whole world of being an entrepreneur. Uh, Sometimes, sometimes the worst day, you know, the, when you can't get a job, when everything's going wrong, like you're two millimeters away from something really great. It, it's funny that you got into magic because I actually was into magic when I was much younger too. I wasn't uh, very athletic growing up. So for me, it was very easy to be able to entertain people, I guess. Um, so I wonder if there's any sort of like brain connections between like videography and filming and that sort of creativity uh, and being able to, you know, come up with these magic tricks or at least be able to process the different sleight of hand maneuvers and things that have to happen. Uh, you know, I was never very coordinated with like a soccer ball, so I don't know how I was able to like make cards disappear and stuff, but I can yeah, definitely relate to that at least. And I, I'm sure. For me, I think like I'm really drawn to things that have the combination of like intellectual and creativity so magic and filmmaking I think both have that where you know, you've got the lenses you've got you know all the different technical aspects of filming and then but ultimately you're telling a story it's a creative process and I think magic is the same thing you're you're doing all these technical things and the end result is a emotion is a story so for me that's that's why I've kind of decoded I love both so much and what was that you hit on at the very end before you said something along the lines of how we're so close to uh, kind of that big break? What was it that you said back there? Uh, yeah, that some, sometimes like the worst day of your life is actually the best day of your life. You just don't know it yet because you don't have a time machine. So I've found that you know when I'm really struggling, when something is really hard is going on, um, you know there's a breakthrough that's about to happen, and, and that's what happened with Expert Magic was the name of my company. And yeah, it was like I couldn't have find a job. I had no idea how I was going to pay rent. All this, all this stuff. But I just got resourceful and was like, okay, what do I have here? And it's like I have my creativity, I have my imagination, and a deck of cards and a camera. And sometimes it's all you need. And and you hear these stories over and over again. In fact, most success stories are of people that were at the end. You know, um, the woman who wrote um, Harry Potter. Um, was you know had just gotten divorced and all this stuff and was living on welfare and like really didn't know what she was going to do and was so painfully shy that when she first came up with the idea for Harry Potter she forgot most of it because she was too afraid to ask for a pen to write down because uh, she was like on the subway or something and obviously she remembered it eventually but 
it's crazy to think that now she's a billionaire and she had no resources other than her creativity of pen and paper. So I think people always say, oh, like I need more money or I don't have the connections or but it's not resources that make the difference, it's resourcefulness, which I learned from Tony Robbins, which is, you know, one of my mentors and one of my favorite people. I definitely wouldn't be been able to make it as far as I did without uh, some of his teachings. So it it kind of there was a little bit of luck there, right? Like we made these videos teaching magic tricks and everything <laughs> just kind of like happened. But you know, Steve Jobs had this great quote about how you can't connect the dots looking forwards. You can only do that looking back. Uh, so looking back from here, I'd like to think that luck in general is just kind of like this culmination of a bunch of good choices that are made. You know, like we choose to do certain things and then ultimately stuff kind of clicks into place, the world aligns and stuff happens for us. So for, I guess, the people right now who are looking for what's next for themselves, how do we tap into this creativity? How do we figure out uh, where should we go using the limited or few resources that we have? Because I've talked to some people and they're like, well, I don't really have any skills. And I don't really believe in that. I don't think that's a real <laughs> answer. So what advice do you have for people just as far as tapping into that creativity? Um, well, there's an amazing book uh, called Hatch that is all about creativity. And if people don't think they have creativity, you'll see through those exercises you do. And it's, so, it's incredibly simple. Like you have a whiteboard and you write on it, wouldn't it be cool if dot, 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 and just every morning when you walk by, write something down. And like, even if it's terrible. And my favorite example of this is that uh, they did a brainstorming session. Um, uh, Walt, uh, Walt Disney had um, a little parcel of land that he wanted to save that had a little pond on it. And um, they were like going to put a little bench that was like said Walt Disney on it. And then they're like, he, you know, he said, I, I really like those little trains that they have that go around a park when I was little. What if we put a train in there? And they're like, okay, well, what else? And the idea with brainstorming is you want to never limit yourself at all. You have a completely separate meeting to f figure out the feasibility of how the hell you would do that. So they, they were like, well, what about if we had like an ice cream stand so that people could get ice cream while they're, you know, when they're riding the train or whatever? Um, and then they kept going. They're like, oh, what if we had a, a row of shops? And anyway, long story short, they kept evolving this idea and they came up with Disneyland and at a completely separate meeting uh, said, wait a minute, this is actually feasible. We should do this. And of course, we all know uh, what happened there. So I think that that book and even just uh, asking yourself those simple questions like, wouldn't it be cool if um, can, can spawn that creativity? And then also, like, I'm of the belief, even though uh, I kind of accidentally did it in a risky way, that you don't have to, like, completely quit your job. Um, there's kind of a saying of to become an entrepreneur, you can, do, you can build your parachute and then jump off the cliff, or you can jump off the, uh, jump off the cliff and build your parachute on the way down. Um, now, it's pretty effective to jump off the cliff and build your parachute on the way down, but it's a lot more stressful. <laughs> So I don't necessarily think people need to leave, leave their jobs or like I, if I need to, I'll go get a job somewhere. I don't, I'm not worried about that at all because I know long term where I'm headed. And um, the other thing is with, with these luck, you know, when grace shows up or when luck happens, uh, for me, I take massive uh, chances all the time that have no downside. So like, uh, you know, getting to meet Richard Branson and, and get a chance to go to space and, and all this kind of stuff, like there's no downside for me. 
So I go for these really, really wild things. In fact, something crazy happened the other day. Uh, a friend of mine gave me a, uh, well, it was a, a filmmaker actually that I met at a, at a film festival. And he gave me this little sticker of his friend that had passed away. As like a tribute to his friend, they're putting these stickers all kinds of cool places. And so I thought it would be funny. The coolest place I could think of was Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, ended up through a chain of events just going for it and be like, let's see if we can get this sticker put up in Antarctica. And just uh, two days ago, got an email back with a picture from Antarctica and it took six months and the kid was totally blown away by that. And that might sound really, really lucky and it actually is, but I do a hundred of those. And so if there's only a 1% chance of working, I still one of them is going to work and there's no downside, you know, nothing, um, you know, there, there wasn't this massive risk involved. So I think uh, that risk reward is important for people to understand. There's ways to really go for big things without risking um, your sanity or your finances as extreme as uh, it's made out to be. I like what you were saying about, you know, jumping off the cliff and the parachute analogy because uh, that's definitely something that I do quite often is I just kind of dive right in and I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's just see what happens, you know, <laughs> and uh, but that's where the stories come out of. Like it, it kind of is up to you to make this choice of like, do you want to have this really awesome story or do you want to play it safe? I mean, you obviously have to take some risks depending on what you want to do. Um, but I think that if I had tried to start, you know, my video business while I was working, you know, 40 hours a week uh, in the corporate retail world, it just wouldn't work the same way. I mean, I'd be stuck filming weddings because my weekends were the only free time that I really had. And a lot of the time I was working on the weekend anyway. So it was kind of like dealing with this rough schedule. So I think that, you know, it's really a choice and you have to look at what you have to offer to the world, you know, starting with that whiteboard and asking those questions. Uh, mm -hmm. But then ultimately, you know, deciding like, do we just jump and go all in on this or do we want to try to play it safe and build this on the side and hopefully one day this becomes bigger than this and we can jump over to that one. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's a tough decision to make and the good news is there's really no right or wrong answer because everything you do is going to get you to where you are now or at least in the future. Um, so Definitely. you did some really amazing things. You started this company selling magic tricks, essentially. What's going on at least a couple years later? Where have you been in the last year or two? You mentioned Richard Branson. How did all of that come into play? Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, there's, a, there's a process that is actually kind of the, the crux of the new app that I'm building. Um, to kind of keep people on with this, but um, basically there's a process kind of like the, the brainstorming I just talked about where you set an ultimate vision and I love photography. There's one of my photos behind me here and uh, you know I realized that a lot of my photography was about like celebrating the magnificence of this planet that we're on and that if we were like flying through space as humanity trying to find home and we came upon Earth, we'd be like, holy crap, this place is amazing. Like, it's got dolphins and waterfalls and rainforests and deserts and, and oceans. And, you know, it's got everything. It's got all the food we could ever want and all the resources and all the variety. Uh, we just have to, like, not ruin it, basically. And if we thought, like, hey, look, we just landed in heaven or we're in utopia right now, uh, it's everyone knows the answer. Like, er, it's easy to take care of from that perspective. It's not like we have to learn how to take care of it. If it's like you're in God's house, you wouldn't treat it necessarily the way that we treat Earth. So, 
I was like, man, what is the ultimate way to convey that message? And I was thinking to, to shoot it from space um, would, <laughs> would really be it, to actually tell that literal story. And I wanted to do abstract photography of space to evoke the emotion involved rather than just purely photojournalistic. Like, here's exactly what it looks like, which is most of the space photography we have. I want to do light paintings and all kinds of other stuff. And so I just wrote this down. Same with Walt, like Walt, Walt Disney, you know, brainstorming his park. I was free from how that might occur. And then uh, the magic happens when you start writing down the little tiny stupid actions, dumb action, uh, a friend of mine nicknamed it. Anyway, it, things you can't fail at. So the first thing I wrote down was check Richard Branson's Twitter account. Pretty easy. Like, that'd be hard to fail at, you know? Right. And it might be like Google something, call someone, um, you know, do a brainstorming session on this thing, uh, ask on Facebook, hey, does anyone know anyone in this area? I mean, it can be really, really simple actions that get the ball rolling. You don't, I, I didn't know how it was going to work. So anyway, I was on an airplane when I was doing this process. Um, as soon as I land, touch, touch down, I flip on my phone and check Richard Branson's Twitter account and see that he's going to be in Miami uh, at an event celebrating the 15th, I think it was 15th anniversary of Virgin Atlantic flying into Miami. Nice. So I was like, sweet. So one of the things that I learned from Tony Robbins, which has been totally true, is that proximity is power. So getting physically near what you need or want. So whether that be you want to date beautiful women, well, you probably need to be in proximity. You can't sit at home and expect anything to happen, right? Um, if you need money for your startup, you need to get around the people with the money. Uh, if you need videographers, you need to go get around videographers, right? So I knew I needed to get in proximity, like emailing or something like that would probably not work. Mm -hmm. So like this is an awesome opportunity. I found out there was going to be a charity event ahead of time uh, that was related to some charity work that I had done in the past. So I found myself in this charity event ahead of time um, in the Versace mansion in Miami. And this was like two days later or three days later. I just booked the ticket thinking worst case scenario, it cost me $200. Again, one of those risk rewards where it's like worst case, $200, I get to go to Miami. That's not so bad. Right. Best case, I get to go to space, you know, and meet Richard Branson. This is, seems like a no-brainer, right? Yeah. So end up in the Versace mansion in the study. And it was straight out of like the game of Clue. It was like all those moving ladders and smelled like mahogany and like it was hilarious. So the coolest part was it was a bunch of people just like me. A bunch of hustlers, a bunch of entrepreneurs who got themselves in there for the same reason. They knew they needed proximity. And then at least I started getting really nervous. And some of the other people I could tell were too, kind of like, who are we to ask Richard Branson for anything? You know, yeah, like, how are we adding us. value here? Yeah. So it seemed like a good idea until that moment. And I was like, crap, I don't know if I can ask him this, you know? And then something kind of magic happened where he came in and he knew that we were all there for a reason. And he was just like, Everyone circle up and he's like, I want to hear, like you got yourself in this room for a reason. I want to hear why and I want to know how I can help. And I was like blown away and it became clear to me in a new way why he's so successful. And I found that to be true with other successful people I've met with. He's He wants to add value in whatever way he can. Um, and yeah, so he went around the room and literally helped everyone that he possibly could. And so I pitched him on my idea like I just told you. I shoot with a really special camera that's the, a digital Hasselblad, which nice. is like the cameras they took to the moon originally. And like, um, yeah, I met Buzz Aldrin to like about this idea and everything. So I, you know, pulled out all the stops and marketed it the best I possibly could. And he said, he said, you know, that's interesting. Are you the person who emailed me today? And I was like, no. 
he said, you know, there's another guy who emailed me today. I'll, I'll get to that in a second, though. But anyway, he's like, show me your photos and let's talk. So uh, the, the after party was awesome. It was like Ellie Goulding was there. She was like this special guest. And like it was around the pool. It was great. And I showed him my photographs. And he was like, this is amazing. Took me right to his assistant and connected me to the team at uh, Virgin Galactic. Wow. Um, and the craziest part is I asked him, because um, one of the theories I have too is that the bigger the goal, the easier it is to achieve because there's less competition and when you hit resistance, it's totally worth it. Like going to space is worth a little resistance. Mm -hmm. Like I'll figure out a way. I'm not going to quit because like my flight's delayed. I'm going to figure out a way, you know. So uh, I was kind of testing that and I asked him how many other people had asked. And he said only that one other person today, the same day. The cra and the crazy thing is I then uh, ran into the other photographer in Maui in a tiny pizza place in the middle of the island that's not touristy, like randomly, and, and, and we were chatting about it and like cracking up. So it seems like when you go for it, like serendipity shows up, luck shows up. I've seen it like way too many times to, to have it just be totally, totally random. Mm -hmm. So there's an element of faith in there that when you go for things, something's going to happen even though you don't know what it is yet. So... so <laughs> that's truly amazing I mean I definitely am kind of in the same boat where I think that you know stuff always kind of happens for a reason we run into people at certain places for a reason um, throwing yourself out there and just going for it is absolutely amazing I mean not a very expensive plane ticket at least you get a really fun vacation and good weather <laughs> yeah. uh, but let me ask you this because you know this is something that I still find both for myself, but uh, for other people to be, there's some resistance here. Uh, when it comes time to talk about money, um, you know, a lot of people are working jobs, barely making enough as it is. Mm -hmm. What's your stance or look on, on money in general? I was reading this article yesterday about someone who travels the world and she was saying how, you know, she had $800 in her bank account and then like booked a ticket to Australia and lived in Australia for like a year or something. and. Mm -hmm. It's just mind-boggling to me because I've never been down to that very like bottom of the barrel. Like I have 300 bucks to my name and that's it. But yeah. I know that some people do. How can we uh, view money uh, and also be willing to take these leaps and take these risks and kind of just like, you know, not think that it's the end of the world if we run out of money? Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of things coming up uh, on this, this topic. I think, you know, one of the main skills as a human being in, in today's world, if you want to do big things, is to be able to learn to handle financial pressure and you know, use it as that motivation. Like use it to build your parachute because you're, you know, you dove off the cliff, whatever. Um, I think, yeah, like frustration and financial pressure, if you can learn how to turn those into positives to get excited, like wow, like every huge success has happened when they had zero dollars. You know what I mean? Like or are most of them. So I'm about to have a huge success, you know, that's pretty good. If I use it that way, and when you get frustrated, realize, wait a minute, I'm really close to a breakthrough here. So I think that's a component, but also um, admitting to yourself what's really going on, and something that uh, me and some friends recently um, started doing is we share all of our personal finances with each other. Completely open book, and it was terrifying. You know, so even... accountability. Yeah. And people are totally willing to help too. So, so yeah, I think it's really powerful to share your finances with a trusted group of friends um, because they, they can help you. You can help each other. And usually 
you know, maybe one person's really having a hard time and the other people have been there uh, or could help or didn't know that you needed help. You know, like they're like, man, you do websites and you're hurting for money. I had a friend ask me yesterday that needs someone to do a website and I had no idea that you, I thought you were doing fine. So, so I think with really successful people I've noticed, there's not this mentality of trying to pretend to be more successful than you are. And there's more like being realistic enables you to be uh, really successful. You have to admit that you only have $300 to end up with more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a component. And then personally, I love uh, Robert Kiyosaki's work. Rich Dad, Poor Dad is one of the books that's pretty famous, Cashflow Quadrant. And he has a board game called Cashflow. And it's really fun to play because it's, it's really realistic. You get like you might be a janitor or a lawyer and you have realistic expenses and income. And then you get to play it without the pressure of real life. But real life scenarios happen. You get opportunity cards and some of them suck. And some of them are great, and it's up to you to tell the difference, just like in real life. We all get opportunity cards dealt to us, and we just have to know whether they suck or not. But it also teaches you there are always more opportunities coming that you don't know about yet. So you don't have to say yes to every single thing. You can be a little bit strategic in how you live your life. So I love that game, cash flow. And, and the, one of the other things that you learn is that often the person that makes the least amount of money starting the game ends up winning the game because they have the least amount of debt and expenses. So uh, to become a multimillionaire, passive income guy who just travels the world, uh, if you are young and don't have a lot of debt yet, uh, that's a lot better than if, if uh, you know, you're a doctor or a lawyer and have a ton of student debt and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of flips the script, um, which makes you know, being like broke not bad. You just don't want to be overly in debt. And if you are, you want to reverse that cycle. If you find yourself in a hole, stop digging kind of a deal. So I feel like financial empowerment just comes from like uh, radical honesty. And just like if you want to get healthy, you study health. If you want to get wealthy, you got to study wealth and make it a game. Um, so those are the things that have helped for me. So, so mastering your financials by uh, both accepting where you are right now, but almost using that to motivate you to try something different because obviously you kept doing the same thing to get to where you are now. It's clearly not working. Uh, yep. Probably time to try something else. Um, so Absolutely. I think that's really great. You've got some good resources there that we will list. Uh, we've got show notes that'll be up on the Year of Purpose dot com website uh, to go along with the podcast when we post it so we'll be sure to list those books in there Um, when have you gone have you done the space thing yet when is that happening what's going on with that I actually you know it's kind of up in the air so on and off contact with the Virgin Galactic team I'm gonna find a way to go regardless but the crash that occurred and these different things are changing the schedule around and for a while a lot of celebrities were getting involved Mm. And that was affecting uh, which flight I may or may not be able to go on. And so, honestly, like I'm just in contact with the spaceport because I want to open a gallery at the spaceport itself. That's awesome. Uh, and trying to stay out of the hair of uh, the Virgin Galactic guys while they, you know, actually create the spacecraft itself. Um, so, you know, it's one of those big goals. Like I said, you know, I'll make it happen one way or another. I have the resources and contacts I need to make it happen, but I don't have a definite date. Or anything like that. So. All right. Well, we'll have to keep eyes on you to figure out when that happens because I definitely totally. want to see that. There's uh, a lot of cool stuff going on with space right now. And uh, to be able to do that is probably a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. 
Uh, let me ask you this. What's been your favorite journey so far? You know, what sort of adventure have you been on that you just said, wow, you know, like if this was it, if this was the only thing I do with my life, this was pretty amazing. Hmm. You mean like a, a actual physical trip or like an entrepreneurial journey or? Either one really. I mean, I know that you've, you've flown a fighter jet, right? Is that right? I mean, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of other stuff that you've done. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I start to not think about them as individual things, but more just a sensation of appreciation for like being alive. So it's, it's hard to, it's hard to single out anything. Um, what's coming up right now is just, probably because it was recent is we just did a, like a random acts of kindness club here in Boulder. And, uh, and basically we just got like 20 people together and we just like went around and made people's day. And we came up with this idea to do an invisible jump rope where just two people stand on either side of like uh, this walking street mall and, you know, pretend to do a jump rope. And people flipped out and just like jumped in and they loved it and turned everyone into little kids again. And um, so I guess that's kind of symbolic of like my favorite part of the journey is activating people's creativity or watching people's limiting beliefs fall away. Um, I love, I speak at uh, the Higher Purpose Project um, and I really enjoy that. And so the journey, I guess, of exploring and challenging myself so then to inspire other people and seeing the effect that that has is more meaningful than I thought life could be, you know, when I was younger. So um, that's probably the most significant, way above any of the cool stuff like flying a fighter jet or starting companies or making money is, is you know, seeing people's eyes light up. Uh, yeah. So you feel the most alive when you are being selfless and, and impacting others' lives rather than, I mean, you're doing amazing stuff for yourself, but at the same time, it, it sounds like you feel more alive doing things for others. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that inspiration that comes from that, that I can't uh, expect more from others and, and really try to help humanity reach a new level if I'm not like doing it myself. So it's like self, selfless self-improvement feels a lot better than uh, just selfishness without the other piece, you know? If, if, if I'm just trying to make myself better so that I'm better, uh, that's not, that doesn't really drive me. But if I'm trying to make myself better so that I can be an example to others or so that I can help more, and I can contribute more, that's juicy. You know, that's life. Mm -hmm. and, and I think I've been finding this sort of secret, if you will, that... Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about how the stars kind of align and things come together when you take action on it. Uh, I think that when you start to give uh, your time and your help to others, that it also kind of opens up windows and doors for other things to happen. Like maybe, for example, you decide to volunteer at a soup kitchen, but you end up meeting somebody there who, you know, works at SpaceX. And maybe that was how you got it. You know, so it seems like totally. there's there's a lot of ways that uh, the opportunities can open up in the world uh, through those things. We don't exactly have to just chase them down. It's great to have those dreams. And sometimes they just kind of work themselves out over time. Absolutely. I, uh, a good analogy that I love that my friend Mark uh, shared with me is uh, it's like a goal or something that you're after is like a target. And if you picture like the rings of that target are actually made of doors and that, you know, it's sitting in like the ocean, let's say, right? And so that outer ring, you just want to go and open all those doors. So you're letting the water flow into the next level. 
and so on and so forth. So the more doors you open, you don't know which door is going to be the one, and it doesn't even have to work that way. It, you don't have to see the dots exactly. It's just that you're letting you know, water into that next level. And you do that on each ring, and by the time you get to the goal, you're like, oh, that was easy because you had so much momentum with you. You had opened so many doors. And so, uh, yeah, I, look, I totally look at it that way. I don't try to do the right thing. I just try to do everything that could possibly help and make sure I'm getting closer instead of further away. So I think that's, that's something that paralyzes people when they try to start a business or try to improve themselves or work out even is they try to do it perfect. And it's like, just go for a walk. Like just open a door somewhat. Just do something. Call someone. Post something on Facebook. Take some dumb action towards your, your goal. And that's like can be huge. And like you said, then random stuff starts happening at a soup kitchen that you had no idea. Yeah, I I actually just had uh, it might have it might have been today actually. I have this weird thing that the number three is like my number for stuff to happen, right? So uh, and I always know the day of when it's gonna happen. It's very odd, but <laughs> usually what happens is uh, I'll get a call or an email. A new client coming in wants to book me for a video shoot. And it always happens in threes. Like there's always three things that happen. So this morning, actually, I, I got a phone call, or I'm sorry, I got an email uh, from an old client from about uh, a year ago where we worked with Microsoft and we filmed a really cool video. Uh, and then they were like, well, I have a new client now. I'm working with this drag racing company that does these drag races all over the country and we want to bring you out. Uh, so first one happened and I'm like, okay, what's going to happen next? So I'm just like, I'm just going <laughs> to go to the gym. I'm just going to like take my day and see how it happens. And, um, I actually get to the gym and I'm met by, uh, one of my friends who I see at the gym quite often. And, uh, she actually asked me, she's working on this idea for a nonprofit and, uh, she gave me a very large opportunity to help out on it. So that was number two. Awesome. Um, and so it's, uh, I've got a networking event tonight that I'm going to, I'm curious to see what's going to happen there, but, uh, this weird rule of three, I think that everything kind of happens and flows. And if you open yourself up to that first one, it kind of paves the way for the rest of the day or the week or the month, uh, to kind of, uh, provide you with the things that you're asking for. Uh, so I, I think that it's scary. It's something that people are afraid of is opening themselves up. But once they do, the things kind of line up and it just happens exactly how you need it to happen. Um, That's it, awesome. The rule of three. I like it. Yeah. And it's, I'm telling you, just next time something really good happens, look and see if two other things in the same day happen within like, you know, five or six hour time span. Because I just, I think that there's something to be looked at there. Now, you've, you've done quite a lot in the last few years. Uh, I'm in awe of a lot of the things that you've done. Uh, for those listening and watching, the Hasselblad camera that he mentioned earlier is kind of like the Porsche of cameras. Uh, this is like what they do to, you know, build giant billboard-sized photos. Yeah. Uh, so they are absolutely amazing. Um, so you've gained a lot of knowledge and things over time. You've probably made some good decisions. I'm sure there's plenty of mistakes or things or learning experiences. Totally. Uh, what do you know now that you would take and would love to give to your younger self? So like five or 10 years ago, if you could impart any advice or wisdom, what would you like to tell yourself? Mm, that's awesome. Um... I guess the, the biggest thing is the level of 
stress or worry or anxiety about how things were going to turn out, uh, I would just tell my younger self, it's going to be fine, like no matter what. Like it's not all or nothing. Like this thing, this individual thing doesn't have to succeed or fail. And in fact, something in between is going to happen. So I would say enjoy the ride and, um, you know, obviously work hard. Keep going for it, but it's not like this life or death situation that it feels like. Um, so yeah, to, to enjoy it. I think that's it. And then the other one, um, it's just brutal honesty, you know, to, to be like about finances, about relationships, you know, just being honest with yourself is huge. It's like really, really scary until you do it. And then all the fear and it just goes away. Like, okay, well here I really am. And so I would just say, don't try to be cooler, you know, try to be cool and, uh, especially to yourself, you know, uh, be where you really are because that's how you get to where you want to be. So it's not like be where you are so that you're stuck. It's like, you know, recognize where you are so you can actually move. If you don't recognize where you are, you're stuck. So I would say those are kind of the two things is like, you know, brutal self-honesty in an empowering way and don't take things too seriously and, you know, have fun along the way. Awesome. Well, hey, Eric, it's been a real pleasure to have you on here today. Uh, I'd love for people who are listening and watching to, you know, check out and learn more about you, maybe look at some of your photos. Uh, what are the best places to keep track of you and what you're doing? Yeah, so uh, my website is erictothemoon.com. Uh, and there's a contact form. Feel free to email me, whatever. And uh, there's a link to my photography on there. I mark it under the name James Azur. That's my photography lens name, kind of like a pen name for a writer. Um, and then you can check on my newest project, Da Vinci, which is getting ready to launch in a, in a month or so. And that's at davincitime.com. And uh, I've, I've written a bunch of articles on Lifehacker and Delivering Happiness about that. So that, that kind of is a tool to embody a lot of the things that we've been talking about and make it a consistent practice. So highly recommend everyone check that out, obviously. It's, my, it's why I'm doing it. So. Good deal. We'll have those all listed out below the video on our website for people to check out. And awesome. uh, thank you for taking some time out, you know, while you're getting ready to head out to the moon and take some photos for it, or of <laughs> us, actually. Uh, I'm super excited to see what happens there. I'm really excited to see what happens next for you. And uh, keep in touch. Thanks for being here. Awesome. Thanks for having me on the show, man. This is a lot of fun. All right, cool. We'll catch you later. You've probably heard me talk about designing a life that you actually want to live. You might have even heard about my travels or experiences and thought to yourself, yeah, I do want to do that. Eventually, someday I'll probably do it. And my guess is that you've been thinking about doing it for a long time. So I want to tell you this. Stop thinking. Your time is right now. You don't need any more time. You don't need any more info. You don't need to keep putting it off and planning for the perfect time because the truth of the matter is this. You could be the person who sits around and thinks about living a better life, or you can be the person that decides that today is the day that you're going to actually do it and I want that for you. Because you already have what it takes. You've got a fire inside. Even if you can't see it right now, it's lit, but you need to open yourself up to the possibilities and throw a couple logs into the flames. So join me and the Euro Purpose tribe by subscribing to our YouTube channel and iTunes podcast. And if you really like us, please leave a review. This is Effin Moses Blacksburg, and I can't wait to see you again on the Year of Purpose podcast.